This call is being recorded. You are Locked On Browns, daily podcast covering the Cleveland Browns, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Pete Smith, Browns Maven through SI, Jeff Lloyd, your host here at Locked On Browns, your local experts on the biggest stories, all things Cleveland Browns-wise, for your daily delivery of all things Dog Pound. Well, folks, uh, you know, I'm not exactly sure what anybody thought was going to change. And that's the tough part. I do want to get to this, you know, from Miles Garrett. I was assured that the hearing, that the hearing was space that offered the opportunity for me to speak openly and honestly about the incident that led to my suspension. That was not meant for public dissertation, dissertation, nor was it a covenant attempt to justify my actions or restore my image in the eyes of those I disappointed. I know what I heard. Whether my opponent's comment was born out of frustration or ignorance, I cannot say. But his actions do not excuse my lack of restraint in the moment, and I truly regret the impact this has had, had on the league, the Browns, and our devoted fans. Pete, uh, with this coming out today, and when we talked about this, and here it is, I mean, we're about, what, 20, you know, a week, you know, a little less than four hours from when we sat down to do that post-game show. And we kind of said, look, we've never seen Miles Garrett. Look, you see him get, you've seen him upset, and it's, you know, with officials and hoping for a call. You've never seen that level of animation out of him hatred which i mean a lot of people that was one thing they questioned about him during the draft process is did he have that inner jerk in him uh in in miles is right look him taking that helmet and hitting mason rudolph in the head regardless of what mason rudolph said even if egregious or whatever it possibly was it can't take away from that action pete that was seen on a primetime television game i hate to lose miles but, I mean, at best, maybe you were looking at a little minuteness here. Um, hopefully, we're going to try to maybe get some clarity as to what the suspension really is, which they still haven't. But go ahead, Pete. Uh, yeah, I mean, the – so the further we get away from this, the more I feel like, you know, in the moment, the punishment made sense. And getting further away from it, it feels less and less like it makes sense. The appeal should have enabled uh, the clear heads to prevail and sort of get figured out on this. Uh, And they could have just made it six games and been done with it. The fact that they made it indefinite um, goes against the collective bargaining agreement and now makes it into an issue that the NFLPA sort of has to take up because uh, it's just a, a giant power grab by the NFL uh, league office. And, you know, even if you're sitting here going, well, the Browns or or the NFL just doesn't want to see Miles Garrett the rest of the season. They don't want to risk seeing him in the playoffs and they'll rubber stamp it and he'll be back next year. And that may all be true. uh, And I expect it is, but the problem you run into is something else happens, then they can theoretically roll with an indefinite suspension and put that player in limbo. And that's, you know, that's, that's where it becomes a big problem. It becomes way uh, outside the scope. 
So I thought that this would give them the opportunity to sort of, I, I thought like Marquise Pouncey would get reduced and he did, but I thought Miles Garrett would get to a point where they were just going to say, okay, six games, we're done with it. Uh, and that's it. And the fact that they didn't makes it problematic. And then the fact that uh, Miles Garrett is now saying that the league office is essentially was, this was supposed to be confidential. And for one reason or another, it wasn't is also a problem. And that makes this story continue on with now an added layer to it. Um, uh, the NFL released a statement that they can't, you know, they, they, they have no evidence that uh, Mason Rudolph used a racial slur. Uh, but I, I would, and I'm not going to say, you know, that he did or he didn't as a fact. All I would say is that if you insert a racial slur into that with everything else that went on, it certainly fits the sort of track of where this thing went, especially when you contrast it to where Miles Garrett has been as a player. Now, again, uh, it's, you, you can't, you know, unless, the, unless somebody has proof, you know, the, the, this is sort of where it's left, although the NFL does not require proof, but that's sort of where they're going. At least they've gone with that as far, they've gone by the letter of the law for at least one person in this whole thing, uh, while <laughs> going completely arbitrary on another, which is part of the issue. And why I would, if I were the NFL PA, I would fight this tooth and nail because, uh, again, you're arbitrarily punishing one person over what is prescribed. Nice. It just it's all you can do and you know you know obviously you know it's going to eat at him and things of that nature and you know it, it, and the type of guy my, miles is going to feel like he let teammates down nothing there it, it can change it's that part of it is what it is we're going to get here to uh overall afc standings talk about some of the teams here you guys are going to know the recipe though it's you know win or none of it matters as far as the browns are concerned uh, yeah, Matt Miller brought up a nice one. Uh, Matt Miller, NFL draft scout, uh, obviously the stick and football podcast, Bleacher Report, put up an interesting one the other day, uh, tweet the other day that Pete and I probably sink our teeth into, uh, all that more coming here in a bit. Guys, we're rolling into this time right now next week, overindulging, overindulging in food, overindulging and possibly drink, overindulging in family. Sometimes family can be too much. Are we kidding? And overindulging in football. Your three-game slate on Thanksgiving Day. MyBookie.ag becomes the perfect friend on this day. You got your phone. You can bet all three games. You want to group them together into a parlay. You want to bet them solo. Do both. Who in the world cares? Take advantage of it with the best odds in the business over at MyBookie.ag. Always a great slate games you know there's always these guys who just show show up out of nowhere and become big time players on thanksgiving fantasy over-unders you can bet that angle as well so go ahead check that out go to mybookie.ag uh if you don't have an account open an account they will match your initial deposit up to 100 still this late in the year use the promo code locked on all caps l-o-c-k-e-d-o-n mybookie.ag you play you win you get paid so, Pete, I guess we're going to do this and we go to the AFC side of it. This is the easiest way to kind of do this is, you know, you start with who's done, who's out. Uh, the team we're facing this Sunday, 
And look, they're going to be a handful because, you know, anybody who comes in with nothing to lose, you wear it up. Miami, it's over. Cincinnati, sayonara. And all the Bengal fans who spent all spring tweeting at me, where are y'all at now? So there's that. Jacksonville, see you later. Going. I think we can feel pretty safe with Denver at three and seven. Goodbye. It's over. Chargers four and seven. Too much experience. I'm not kicking into the curb yet. Tennessee at five and five. If I'm if I'm going to say the Browns are still alive here somewhat, I cannot say Tennessee is not. New York Jets at three and seven. I tell you what, Jets win this week against the Raiders. And maybe you're still in the conversation, even though I think you're going to fall up talent short-wise, which I kind of said in the beginning. Uh, you know, you, you kind of know where New England is headed, and it sucks because I think Buffalo would have won that first game in New England if Josh Allen hadn't gone out. Baltimore, guys, we kind of know where that is and where it's going right now. As far as the AFC South, uh, you're not really going to get much more of a clearer picture here tonight, Pete. Um, you know, Indy, Houston playing both at 6-4. and four. Uh both run a little bit hot and cold. Kansas City, uh, you, you like what you see. You got Oakland. Uh, you, you know, you got a uh, Oakland next week. Hopefully, you can you know widen the gap there. Big key is going to be whether or not Mahomes' knee can hold up. Let's start stacking this up here, bud. Uh, uh, I would say the Tennessee Titans are interesting because they've been playing well as recently. Um, the Houston Texans obviously have a big game tonight but the problem is they're basically their entire defense is injured um and mm-hmm. i don't know if the way they've been giving up pressure i, I don't think it's going to end well i think they're about to fall apart um they may and not like they're going to lose every game out but I, I would not be surprised um at all if uh they finish like eight and eight or something i just don't think it's going to end the way they wanted to i think the colts are ultimately going to win that division and the titans could Defense and offensive line play. Usually, yeah, it's usually what comes up Titans. big this time of year. And the Titans, if if they can continue to get functional play out of Ryan Tannehill, are at least feisty and interesting. Um, and again, Derrick Henry, this is usually his time of year. Right. Oakland, eesh, I don't know. I, I, I think I, the thing with Oakland is, I, I think Oakland is, look, you look at it, it's six and four, and it's a lot of, hey, man, this is pretty good, but you know, there's a lot of question about whether or not this is actually sustainable. Right. The the thing that's keeping Oakland in this thing is the fact that the Chiefs and the Chargers aren't where they should be. And the we Chargers figured both of those teams play. would be probably playoff bound by now. Well, I mean, the Chargers can't help themselves. They love to dig the deepest hole possible before they the, the decide to you know make it close at the end. But the Chiefs were obviously supposed to be better uh, than they have been. They're, they're, they're still in first in that division. They're in, they're in a good spot. But their defense is awful. Uh, as, you know, it's not surprising. They finally got something out of D Ford. Uh, not D Ford. Uh, Frank Clark. Uh, this past week, I mean, as far as guys who are connected to sexual assault, they're, usually, they're batting up. Oh, Phillip Rivers in the quarterback position. And if that's what's kind of failing you along with injuries look I mean it's been some certainly been some of you know a lot of Phillips play but missing some key players on defense as well uh other things to get here to Pete um there's still been 
I guess, are you just going to pull two off the practice squad to finish out this roster for Sunday? Because right now you're rocking a 51-man roster. Uh, they have, well, one of those guys, I, they're going to activate David Njoku. That's, that's one of them. Um, so that's going to be, that's going to be it. I, I mean, I, I, they may do something else along those lines, uh, bringing back. But I mean, you know, you've, have. you've taken three guys off the roster in Morgan Burnett, Larry Ogunjobi, obviously it's only for the week and Miles Garrett. Now all of that is definitive. You're literally rocking right now at a 51 man roster. Yeah, uh, no, I mean that's and that's that's it. I think, uh, uh, but what what will be super interesting is they uh, uh, when they activate Najoku, I don't think they're going to get rid of another tight end. They're just going to have just a no sense to do it this week. Maybe you do it when Larry comes back. Yeah, yeah, but I think and I think that's ultimately the reason they're not going to uh, do anything else. Maybe they they bring in somebody for a week or something, um, but I think it's going to be just activate David Najoku and sort of deal with it. Because if you bring a guy up from the practice squad, then you're going to have to come back and get him again. You know, or I should say, wave him and then get him again. And, yeah, I don't know. I don't, it seems like more trouble than it's worth. Pete, how excited are you, are you Sunday for a defensive line starting unit of Chris Smith, Deverell Lawrence, Sheldon Richardson, and Chad Thomas? Baby, that's a D-line right there. I'm not. I mean, I'm not excited about that. I, I'm excited for the other side of the ball. I'm excited, I'm excited for the Browns offense. Uh, yeah, um, I'm not excited about a lot of it, and uh, that's going to be tough because I think the Browns are going to – That know, is expansion-esque. Maybe. Maybe it's not even expansion good. Yeah. Um it's just going to make everything on defense look so much more difficult than it needs to be. Um, you're, you're just, you're down so many guys. Uh, and it's going to be tough because you're going to have to ask guys to do more. I mean, you're going to have to play Brian Cox Jr. Like a lot of snaps. So yeah, it's, it's not going to be fun. Uh, it's going to be ugly football on probably both sides. I, I don't know. And you're going to stick with this three safety rotation that you like. But even the thing here, safety-wise, it's not a question of essentially what they do or what they're good at. This team is going to be so devout of talent at the position, it don't matter. Get them in here. Figure it out afterwards. And we may have lost. I'm still here. I thought you were going to move on. We're getting a little tight on time. But look, at this point, it's just getting bodies into the safety room. Yep. And they may like a couple of the guys they're auditioning right now, but they need a lot of guys. Even still, you got to go to camp. You go go to camp with eight, nine deep, whatever. I mean, you've got to get guys in here somehow, some way, and you're not going to be in the market, most likely free agency-wise, as you're going to move on from Randall, and it's not like you're going to devote $10, $12 million to a safety. I don't see any way you're going to do that as of now. Um, we're going to put a bow on this one here. Um, and, and for those who were asking some of them, look, guys, this is going to get done. Miles Garrett, once the Browns are eliminated, will be the meetings. And then somewhere where it means nothing, it'll be that, you know, Miles Garrett, everything's fine. He's welcome back to the 2020 season. Um, you're not going to disavow that the man is over one incident 
the league just it was and that's what happens when something happens in a primetime game just it sucks it is what it is and i wish i could offer more encouraging words and you know there's still battles to become because when you have a star in your league say that that somebody literally said what they said and there's not enough due diligence put to it that's not good the nflpa isn't going to like it anyway whatsoever and of course there's what Pete brought up where there's it's an on-field incident and you still do not have a concrete suspension laid down for him, which is basically against the CBA. He is Pete Smith at underscore Pete Smith underscore all the work over SI.com through Browns Maven as Pete and the guys continue just to build a great product over there. Me personally at Jeff underscore LJ underscore Lloyd DMs are open. Anything you want on the show, guys, go ahead, hit me up. The Locked On Browns Twitter account, all lowercase. DMs are always open. You guys know that. Uh, this is we'll get to the pregame tomorrow as Pete's sadly going to have his Friday nights free. So we'll get you that tomorrow. See where we're at. Maybe we'll cook something up for you Saturday. This has been your daily delivery of all things dog pounds. LGB on the LOB. Let's go, Browns. <laughs>